problem is we have allowed the world to determine to us our life. We've allowed the world to determine to us if we are enough or not. These unrealistic standards are of the world and not of God. This program has been made possible by the partners of G.I. Adams Worldwide. The So and Soul Podcast with G.I. Adams. Peace, love, light, soul, sower, and welcome back to another episode of the So and Soul Podcast. I'm your host, G.I. Adams, and this podcast is simple. We're here to sow seeds to nourish the soul. If you're looking for a place where you are trying to get your self-care routine together, if you're looking for a place to learn about the Bible, if you're looking for a place to become your full self and to lead you to peace, love, light, this is the podcast that you should be listening to. And today, we're going to delve into a conversation that you are enough. Let me say that for somebody in the back because maybe you didn't hear that. You are enough. And as we're talking in this conversation, I want you to prepare your minds and your hearts to receive this and its validation for you to rest in knowing that you are enough. Sit back, relax, get your tea, get your coffee, get whatever you need so that you can enjoy this experience and enjoy this experience. We'll be right with you. Experience the pure essence of nature. Our all-natural skincare and organic self-care essentials are meticulously crafted to nourish and revitalize the body and mind. Visit www.giadams.com shop today and embrace the beauty of nature. Adams Truly Organic Forms, where nature meets self-care. Let us first establish this in this podcast that you are enough. I want to establish that and make it clear because a lot of us forget that we are enough. You were made in the image of God. Genesis, the first chapter in the 27th verse says, so he made male and female in his image, in his likeness. That gives us power, that gives us love, and that gives us a sound mind. And so for that, I wanna remind you today that you are enough. You don't have to rest in the spirit of offense. You don't have to rest in the spirit of comparison. You don't have to rest in the spirit of rejection. You don't have to rest in the spirit of lack. But you can know that you are enough because you were made in his image. And there is no one in this earth, no one in this world that can change that. In fact, the Psalter, David in the Psalter reminds us in the 139th division of it, around the 14th verse, that he is fearfully and wonderfully made. And I love the Psalter because it gives us a a depiction in an artistic form. It gives us an understanding of who God is in an artistic form. It gives us an understanding of how a man who was king of, of Israel, a man who was royal, a man who was young and ruddy and and killed Goliath and how he at a young age had to experience so many things and he defeated those giants in his life. And guess what? He still had to go through stuff and he also felt moments that he wasn't enough. But the Psalter provides us with so much richness, provides us with so much clarity, and it provides us with an image to see God afresh. And I want to tell you today that we can use the Psalter to help us and guide us along in our own journey. 
So let's go there real quick to start off this entire episode. Let's let's start off with that. Let's go to the Psalter. Let's go to Psalms 139. I want to go there real quick because I want you to see how God sees you. I want you to see how King David gave and 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 praised the all-knowing God who created us. And we need to see ourselves in the image of God, not in the image of the world, not what the world has to say about us, not what the world deems us, but what God says. So let's see what the Psalter has provided for us. We're going to go to Psalms 139. We're going to start at the sixth verse. It says this, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whether shall I go from thy spirit? Or whether shall I flee from thy presence? If I send up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the othermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea. The darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. <sighs> for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made you can rest in knowing that that in itself is good enough for me see for a while I, I grew up trying to be what people said I should be ministry was my identity real talk I, I grew up in and I'm, I'm not dogging this church because it is where I grew up but at the same time, it taught. I had to unlearn a lot of things. I had to deroot a lot of toxicity because the church in which I grew up, it had its great ways. It had good teaching, good foundation. Nevertheless, it became toxic as I grew up. When uh, different things changed throughout the church, it became more, more, you know, political, and and it became, you know, just crazy. So at ten years old. Well, I've been in ministry for a long time, but three, my auntie had me singing in the choir. And and from there, five years old, I started to go out the neighborhood preaching the gospel. You know, five years old, six years old, around that age, me and my cousin, I had him reading for me. Because <laughs> at that time, I grew up in a church where I had readers. So it was accustomed for us to have a reader. Um, and, and now I don't I really can care less about it. I want more people to be involved with the, the experience rather than just the one person reading something that I can read or we can all read together. Um, but I grew up in that environment and at 10 years old, I'll be told from deacons or from pillars of the church, we're looking at you. Now, there are some deacons who were there to, you know, say, you know what, you got a call on your life. We see it all over you. We see the change that's going to happen for the church and we are looking at you to help us push this thing on. And then you have some who despise thy youth. And so at that time of despising youth, I had to be careful what I did because I had people looking at me, which I think is a big issue because I'm a I'm a child. Um, I'm a child being presented as an old man looking up to be as the standard. 
I'm a child. People calling me arrogant and stuff like that. I hung around old people. I wasn't around a whole bunch of young people. I learned from older people. So what I taught, what I said is because the older generation, my, my grandfather, grandmothers, and all the older seasoned saints, I was always around them. So growing up, they called me old man. But my, my identity was originally, and my identity, well, not my identity was originally, because my identity is in God, and I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. But my identity was ministry. My identity was what the church deemed and that's toxic so i had to deroot unlearn a lot of that toxic thinking that i had to be a way that other people told me that i should be and if i didn't do it the way they wanted me to do it i was wrong and to be real with you that is not healthy for anybody and that's why i call it a toxic experience even at age 15 i met a church that i felt so I was called, I did what I needed to do. I grew up in the church and did perform the way God called me to do. Uh, uh, but at the same time, I, I wasn't able to, you know, enjoy it the way I, I should because I'm, I'm being, everybody looking at me. Why? I'm a child. I think that's very, and I allowed myself to feel like I wasn't enough because I had to compare myself to what they told me that I should be. In order. What's your point? He's mimicking and um, he out of order, basically. That has nothing to do with um, what the motion that's on the floor. Mr. Yes, Hayes. it do. If you weren't their way or you, you weren't the way they see that you should be, it was kind of, you know, something that you got to work with. Ain't it crazy? And so for a while, at 15 years old, I tried to commit suicide because the enemy came to my mind and told me that you weren't enough. There are different euphemisms that was cared about me because I am proper, I dress good, and I have dignity about myself. And that put me in a space of, you know, I had to fight tooth and nail because I was being bullied even through the church. And that's ridiculous, man. And even as an adult, I'm still getting bullied through the church. Not my own, but that where I came from. And I ain't letting that happen no more. So let me, uh, let me say this clearly. You got something to say about the man of God? Come to the man of God and talk to me about it. Don't go behind closed doors. Talk to me. If you got a problem with me, come talk to me. Because the scripture says if you got a, against your brother and sister, you go to them. But the problem that I find in the world, we got problems with folks and... We don't go to them. That's not the conversation that we hear. Right? That, that, that's a whole different conversation. Here, we sat and listened to her ignorant step, proceed, and then proceed, when we proceed. talk, Here we then go. we got to deal with that. Proceed, proceed, councilman. Ain't proceed. it crazy? Violating the Disorderly Persons Act. Nevertheless, we try to please people, please, and we try to compare ourselves, and we try to be like everybody else tells us that we should be. And we should just know in itself that we are enough, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I want to talk for a moment about the spirit of comparison, getting away from this comparison, ridding yourself of trying to compare yourself to the world and what everybody has to tell you. Comparison is the thief of joy. If you try to compare yourself to the world, compare yourself to other preachers, compare yourself to your friends, compare yourself to other things that are around the world, you won't be full of joy. God does not want us to compare ourselves to the world.
He doesn't want us to compare ourselves with anybody. In fact, according to 2 Corinthians 10 and 14, it reminds us that we don't have to compare ourselves to anybody. Let's see what the text tells us. Let's go. Let's go to the word. 2 Corinthians 10, 14. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, as though we reach not unto you. For we are come as far as to you, also in preaching the gospel of God, not boasting of things without our measure, that is of other men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. To preach the gospel in the regions of beyond you and not to boast in another man's line of things made ready to our hand. But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. We ain't got to compare to people. We ain't got to do what people tell us that we or be what people tell us that we ought to be or should be. What does God say? See, that's what the enemy tries to come and do. He tries to come to your mind, to distract your mind, to tell you that you're not enough, to tell you that you won't amount to anything. If we go to the beginning of this, Paul, he first talks about God loving cheerful givers. Then he's beseeching with meekness and gentleness that we be aware of the ways of the enemy, the, 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 the snare of the enemy. He says this, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So we're not fighting one another. This is not a fight between flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. So the thought, the enemy comes to your mind and tries to. So Paul is providing this letter to the church of Corinth. And he's letting y'all, letting us, letting Corinth know but it's also relevant for us today to know that we have to cast down every negative thinking and truth of thought that does not follow after the knowledge of God. And God says that you are enough. The enemy tells you that you're not. The enemy wants to tell you that the Lord is not your shepherd. That you should always want. That you won't be able to lie in peace and joy. But that's what we are designed to live with, to live after. We got power. We got love. We got sound mind. We don't have to compare ourselves to anybody. Bring all these negative, intrusive thoughts to you. To try to tell you that you ain't nothing. He brings all the negative stuff your way. Comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the first place he going to wrestle with is this. Because once he got your mind, he got your heart. And once he got your heart, now he about to control you like a puppet. Because out of the heart are the issues of life. Right? And so he says this. Cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. What does God say about you? What is the knowledge of God that you are his creation that you are made in his image that you are made in his likeness for good works through Christ Jesus so we got to cast out those negative thoughts cast out those negative thinking and every high thing exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ I did it I, I know it is easily said than done I, I've compared myself to different preachers and I've been in the ministry for 20 odd years and 
for me, I see some. I saw some of my friends advancing and getting positions and doing this and growing, like you know, booming. And the enemy tried to play on my mind and say, "See, you ain't no longer a part of the place that you were because you're not enough. You ain't got it." That devil's slick. Oh, line buzzard you. I mean, he is slick and cunning and craft and smart, and I'm sick and tired of the ways of the enemy. So for that, screw you, Satan. We rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Live here in the name of Jesus. That negative thought, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. That intrusive thought, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Yes, get the hint, Satan, you don't belong here. And that's what you got to do often. Tell your mind, tell Satan to get out your mind with that negativity. When the moment it comes to tell you that you're not worth it, to tell you that you're not enough. I know some of us have come to the point where life and the worldly unrealistic expectations has bombarded us. That we feel like we got to compare. We feel like we got to be like what somebody else tells us. We, we feel like because we don't have what we think that we should have right now, we don't, we're not enough and that because we ain't got the education or we ain't got the pedigree as if God care about your education. Yes, God loves intellect. He wants you to be smart. Wisdom is the principal thing. Get wisdom. And in all that getting, get an understanding. And in fact, it is my job to tell you and to preach to you the gospel of God. It is my job to preach the word, to be re, to reprove, rebuke, exhort with all own suffering and doctrine in season and out of season. We have to do this to help the body of Christ grow to help the world know that they can be free from this intrusive and this negative toxic thinking and intrusive and negative toxic ways and this killing out there in the world we can be free from the negative negativity of the world if we just simply accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and know that we are enough and we got everything that we need right now I set in comparison for what Everybody on their own journey and every plant, every organism has its own time of growth. There is a season and a time for everything in our life. And that's the truth. I know you're tired of feeling dusty and crusty. So go to www.giadams.com shop and get your self-care essentials. 100% organic and handmade with love. Fam, we can remain confident in this that we will see the goodness of the Lord. We don't have to rest in this comparative spirit. I just want to tell you that. I did it. I know what it's like. And it will drain you. It will cause you to be depressed and anxious. It will cause you to feel unworthy. And it makes you feel like you just not it. Don't rest in comparison, fam. You ain't got to even do it. Because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, we need to be on guard from the enemy. He's going to come to our mind. That's the first place he comes. I, I, I love the scripture so much because um, it provides us with a God and it provides us with reassurance to know that whatever is going on in our life, Whatever will happen, there is an answer to it through the Word of God. Y'all just got to take some time to read this thing, 
get your time to your devotional and prayer. Let this thing be your source because it's going to help you. Comparison robs us of our own unique journey. It robs us from the joy that God has for us. And it robs us of knowing our divinity, our divine purpose. It robs us of that. You're unique, you are enough, you are loved, and you are cared for. Look at yourself like God sees you. Stop comparing yourself to what everybody else says. All right? Well, Pastor, what are you saying? Stop comparing yourself and release this spirit of self-doubt. So we're going to now talk about overcoming self-doubt and replacing it with faith. We want to overcome that self-doubt with faith. We often rest in doubt of our image and who God created us to be. Some of us rest in doubt and say, you know what? Uh, yeah, I can do this. I'm talented at this, but it ain't going to be great. It ain't going to do this. That self-doubt causes you not to really accomplish or fulfill the purpose that you're called to do. Satan is so conning, y'all. So... 2021, I told y'all about the explosion that happened that burnt my face off, messed up my hand and my leg, and it caused a lot of issues going on in my body. And, and, and it was one of those situations where I began to start doubting. I became, in, I became uh, flustered. I became, you know, it was so much stuff going on. However, when my face got burned off, when, it, when I tell y'all depression, ooh, and the pills didn't help, the pharmaceuticals didn't help. That's why I don't like taking pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals got side effects that causes you to even to be even more depressed and even feel less of and it got so many other things going on with it so I try to stay away from pharmaceuticals that's why you see all this stuff growing behind me I try to grow my own stuff we got elderberries we got peppermint we got a whole bunch of stuff that is around so that I and whoever else can have medicinal natural medicinal properties and those nat natural things to help us because this pharmaceutical stuff it ain't it I'm just gonna be real with you it is not it and Really don't care for that job. Side effects may include uncontrollable vomiting, a receding hairline, lopsided BBL, aggressive bleeding from the eyeball, nausea, nonstop insomnia, swollen left nostrils, bloated buttocks, loss of vision in the left eye, and even death. Please don't take if allergic to Perzerkel. Talk to your doctor today about Gramzella. Um, so on this journey, those pharmaceuticals had me stuck and I began to be depressed and I began to be full of self-doubt that it ain't going to be good. My future is not going to be great. All that stuff. It was a whole bunch of self-doubt. But not that. Not only that. There are a lot of other situations that happened in my life before that. Um, the, the greatest thing I'm, I'm grateful about is that it's like a refiner. When the explosion happened, it's like refining gold. 
like a, you know how when you got a ring I, I show you like this for example when they made this class ring this Morehouse ring when they made this ring um, they had to melt it in order for it to become in the shape that is in so when you are getting gold to become into the jewelry it has to go through a melting process it had to go through extreme fire so I had to go through extreme fire I had to be refined I had to cur I had to be molded and shaped to who God ultimately designed to me so restore me and the amazing thing about gold is when you melt gold it has those impurities and so what it had what God is doing in our life is we go through situations in it we go through trials and tribulations we're faced with challenges and beyond and it's supposed to refine us he sifts out all the impurities that are in our life sift not those toxic friends those toxic theologies those toxic thoughts those toxic ways he's just sifting them out in fact, I know one passage of scripture says, I'm the vine, ye are the branches, my father is the husband, nobody can go to God, get connected to God unless it's coming by him, the vine. And what he does is, as we are growing fruit, God purges that fruit so we can produce more fruit. Getting rid of our past, sifting out those things that are no longer serving us so that we can produce more fruit, better fruit. That's what God got me going through. He sifted me so I can produce more fruit. So that I can create this podcast to help you grow and produce more fruit. So that you can become your full self. So that you can become your full self. Of doubt can cripple your process. It can cripple your progress. It can cripple everything that God has in store for you come out of doubt come out of anxiety and fear and grip faith when we grip faith the impossible becomes possible when we grip faith the things that we never thought could happen will happen see with faith and God all things are possible all things are possible to him that believe. So what you say about yourself, it matters. Self-doubt is not going to help you become your full self. You ain't got to doubt yourself. Don't do that no more. Come out of that. And know that you're made in the image of God. That he loves you. That you are enough. That you're worthy. Rest in that. Rest in knowing that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Rest in knowing that you're right where you need to be at this exact moment. And you no longer have to worry because God got you. Easily said than done. But the just shall live by faith. Not by fear. Not by self-doubt. Not by comparing yourselves to the world. But by faith. And without faith it is impossible to please the Lord. Well... If I don't see it, how am I believe it? See, that's the thing about faith. Faith is for anything I don't see. Trust him. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things that is not seen. By faith, Abraham sojourned into a country he knew nothing of and was blessed. The promise of God over Abraham was that his lineage, his seed will be 
blessed. And guess what? Seed is blessed. And he will multiply his seed beyond the sands on the beach and beyond the stars in the sky. We are Abraham's seed. Mm-hmm. We're Abraham's seed. If you're Abraham's seed, that means you're going to know Jesus. You're going to connect to him. And you're going to no longer sit in fear or doubt. But you will trust in the master artist. That's what I got to tell you today. Don't rest in self-doubt. Because you can do everything through the one who created you. Amen. Amen. But what we should do right now is learn to pray. Prayer is our connection to the divine. Prayer is our opportunity to talk to the Heavenly Father about everything. We can be vulnerable with the Heavenly Father because He knows you. He knows all about you. When you feel like you're not enough, when you're feeling not worthy, just say, Father God, I'm not feeling my best today. I'm not feeling like I am enough. But I know that I am God, but right now I'm just not feeling it. Can you help me? Can you guide me along this way? Can you direct my mind, direct my heart? Replace those intrusive thoughts with your word. And we have to not just pray, but we got to get in the word too and pray the word. Pray the word over our life. That I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And Father God, I need you to help me see it. God, you made me in your image. I need you to help me see it. God, you are more perfect than in all your ways and you are always with me. I, I need for you to help me to see it because on this journey, it gets kind of difficult and I can't see it, Lord. On this journey, it gets kind of hard and I just don't know which way I should go. I don't feel like I am enough. I don't feel like I am worthy. I don't feel like I am loved or I feel alone, Lord. And I know I'm not alone and I just need you to, you know, get those negative thinking, that negative thinking out and guide me along this way, Lord. We got to talk to him. Be vulnerable about it. Be, be real about where you are with him. He'll answer. He there for you. He ain't going to leave you nor forsake you. He's right there. You just got to receive him. Receive him now. Receive him now. In a world that often conditions love, we can rest in peace knowing that the love that God has towards us is unconditional. Right. I need for you to recognize that there is a reckless love towards you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. There is a reckless, nothing will separate you from the love of God. Nor height, nor depth, nor anything present, nor anything past, nor anything that you can dream of, nor peril, nor nakedness, nor situation in this world can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. There is an unconditional love towards you. And knowing that you are already validated in Him. You don't have to seek validation from the world because you are already validated. Find peace in that. Find peace in knowing that God loves you unconditionally, that He loves you recklessly. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves a 99. I didn't earn it, 
I don't deserve it. Still you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, there's a reckless love towards you. You can rest in knowing that. You can rest in that peace. You can also know that there's a plan over your life. Jeremiah reminds us that he knows the plans that he has for us. Plans to prosper us. Plans for us to be in good health. For that expected end. The Lord got you. He got, he got the whole world in his hands. 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 He got the little bit of baby in his hands. He got you and your mama in his hands. He got your daddy too. In his hand, he got the whole world in his hands. He got you. You are right. You gonna be just fine. I know life don't seem like it. But he has a good plan for your life. Last thing I want to tell you is to walk in confidence and in joy. Zephaniah, the third chapter, tells us that as Israel is growing, to sing. Because the Lord has you and he's going to protect you even in the evil day. Like David, walk in confidence. He remained confident in this, that he will see the goodness of the Lord. He remained confident when the giant came his way. That the Lord was going to save him. That the Lord was going to deliver him. That the Lord was going to defeat that Philistine. When everyone was afraid. When everyone feels like they couldn't be enough. When everyone felt like they weren't worthy. When everyone felt like they couldn't defeat the giant. When everyone felt like they couldn't. David said, I can. How can I do God? That is my confidence. And Zephaniah, the minor prophet, says the same thing. You can walk in confidence, not in shame. People may have lied on you. You may very well have done some things that are just crazy. But there's a reckless love towards you. Repent, change your mind, change your thought pattern, change how you see yourself. And know that God is going to give you a good name. Hold on to God just like Jacob until he gave him a new name. It's kind of funny how the Bible don't call him just the God of Israel. But the God of Moses, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Jacob. That name Jacob being deceiving, it means deceive. And even on your own journey, you may have a name that has a negative connotation. You may have done some negative things in your life. But let me tell you something, fam. There is nothing that you've done that God cannot forgive unless you blaspheme against the Holy Ghost. Just surrender yourself to Him. Walk in confidence in knowing that He has you. Everything's going to be alright. Alright, we're on our mat, so you know what that means. We are coming to meditation or Lectio Divina, as you all uh, able to see last week's episode. Um, today we're going to practice that Lectio Divina once again. And so we're going to start off with this guided meditation in which we want you to just come to a still space. 
I want you to start by inhaling peace and exhaling comparison. You're gonna start just there. Inhale peace, exhale comparison. All right, wherever you are, go ahead and establish yourself to know that you are enough and know that as we are going throughout this Lectio Divina process that, or this, med this guided meditation that no matter where you are and however you're feeling at the moment, it's okay to feel, um, but at the end of the day, know that you are enough. Think about 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, that when they compare themselves to one another, they don't know, they are left ignorant. And we don't want that to happen. We want you to know who yourself is. You don't have to compare to anyone or you don't have to compare to nothing. Just know that you are enough right where you are. Let this verse remind you of your unique purpose, of your unique individual design to let you know that you don't have to compare yourself to anyone. But know that you are right in the master's artist's hands. So let's go to Lectio Divina. And today's scripture, we're going to come out of Philippians 4 and verse 13. Let's read it real quick. It says this, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. As you repeat this verse, meditate on a meaning for your life. What does it mean to you to be empowered by Christ's strength? Allow his truth to self-dissolve, self-doubt. <sighs> Repeat this verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's go one inhale. Exhale. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Just rest in that. What things stand out to you the most? For me, all things. Because that gives me an assurance that no matter what, all things can be done through the one who died for me. Through Christ who strengthens me. That's rich. That's rich there. Oh, allow that to rest in you for a minute. Step two is meditatio. Think about the word and the phrase that caught your attention and what does it mean to you in the context of overcoming self-doubt? How does it connect to the ideal of knowing that you are enough? Meditate on that.
Let's go for an intentional inhale. Let's go exhale. Good, good, good. The next step is after meditatio, it is going to be oratio, which is to respond. We're going to respond through prayer. We're going to respond through intentional connection with our Heavenly Father. Father God, Lord Jesus, Yahweh, it is your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. Thank you for strategically creating us. Thank you for allowing us to know that we can do all things through you. Not some, but all. With that, thank you for allowing us to know that we are enough. That we are loved. That we are cared for. Thank you, Father, Lord. Basking in the assurance that through Christ you can do all things. Inhale. Exhale. Thank you, Heavenly Father. For the assurance through Christ that we can do all things. Help us to let go of self-doubt and embrace our worthiness in your eyes. Strengthen us with your love and guide us on the path of confidence and faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.